Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the One Peace of Mind podcast. My name is Nico White, and ladies and gentlemen, we are back to talk about the manga experience of Ichira Oda's magnum opus, One Piece. And chapter 1022 was everything I could have ever wanted, okay? So I'm going to go... I'm going to do this on Viz this time, right? Usually I'll do the scans, but I'm just going to go through it on Viz and talk about it with y'all. Take 15 minutes of your time and talk some trash. So first of all, we start out with the cover page. And the title of the chapter is The Stars Take the Stage. Now, my mind was swirling as soon as I saw this because I'm like, the stars take the stage can mean a lot of things. I expected it to have something to do with Luffy. I thought he was going to make it back to the top. I thought we were going to get some confirmation on um, Shinobu and Momo's discussion, whether she turned him into a bigger dragon or into an adult and all that. But the chapter uh, went in a way that I wasn't expecting. So we start out on the first page and they're going over the fact that over 30,000 members of the Animal Kingdom Pirates, and I kind of dislike that they called them the Animal Kingdom Pirates in the, in the Viz, just because it's like Beast Pirates is so easy. Just, just do it. Just do it. Anyhow, we see that they're talking about the numbers and how this battle started, right? So they start in with these random characters, and they're talking about over 30,000 members of the Beast Pirates squared off against a rate of 5,400 of the Samurai Pirate Alliance, right? And then we see this, we see this like a little weird map. It's almost as if you were playing a video game and you look at your load map, right? And it's in 3D, and they're talking about how the odds are really starting to even up, especially after Tama did what she did with the Kimi Dango. And of course, shout outs to Tama. And we see that the Toby Ropo have indeed been defeated, especially Black Maria, Who's Who, and um, Sasuke, right? We don't see the bodies of Page One and Alti yet, which leads some people to believe that they still have something to do. Me personally, I am not of that belief. I think that Alti is down, and if she does get up, it's going to be like at the end, she's going to probably join Killer Squad, her and Page One. And I, yeah, I just don't see them fighting the Straw Hats again. I see Usopp going on to fight Jack. You know what I'm saying? Because Sanji and Zoro are probably going to be busy. And Usopp, Luffy's third commander, not Yamato, Usopp, Luffy's third commander. Still hasn't had a fight yet, and I'm expecting something big. So we dart away from the Flying Six, who are rather unimpressive, but they serve their purpose, right? They serve their purpose to prove to everybody that we've been underestimating the Straw Hats, and uh, yeah, let's move on. So we see Luffy and everyone starting to recover, right? And we find out that there's only 15 minutes before Oginoshima lands on the Flower Capital. Now we can jump into the third floor, and we get the Rizo and... <sighs> Fukurokuchu. Whew, it took me a second to remember that name. And their fight is actually pretty cool because of the design, and I really like how this was mapped out. So we see Raizo doing a clone jutsu, right? And then we just see Fukurokuchu start using his earlobes, right? Earlobe cracker is the name of the move, and it's ridiculous, but it makes so much sense. And as if to draw Raizo out and break his calm, Raizo, who has like four shadow clones, Naruto style, it's supposed to be silent because I guess, you know, only the real you can talk when it comes to One Piece ninjutsu. So 
he draws Rizo out by insulting Odin and saying, the, the man you serve is a ghost. And Rizo in his emotion yells out, you mean Lord Odin. And then he gets smacked with an earlobe as Fukuroku said, that's the real you. You are, you are too emotional to ever succeed at the way of the shinobi. No matter how much skill you have at ninjutsu. Acknowledging that Raizo has his talents, but Raizo's biggest emotion is that he's not stone cold. You know what I'm saying? And Fukuroku goes on further to say that, yo, I'm a ninja. My job is to serve whoever is on that throne of Shogun of Wano. It doesn't matter what they do, how they do it. My, my position is to the person on the throne, whoever it is. So like right now, Rizo's going into his speech about how him and the scabbards, they're only there as ghosts because they all died with Odin on the same day that Odin died. And it was really poetic and it was really nice and I'm not doing it to proper justice, but that's only because so many other things happened in this chapter that I want to get to. But yes, I do think Kinemon is dead. I do think Kiku is dead. I do think Ashra Doji is dead. I think Denjiro is going to head off Orochi somewhere. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Yeah. And Rizo says one last thing before we get off his topic is that by the end of this, a new dawn will bloom in Wano. And Lord Momonosuke will be the Shogun. It was really powerful. Like, I can't wait for the anime to get to that. And then after that was over, we cut to Killer and Hawkins on the third floor. And I kind of thought it was going to go this way. Because it's Hawkins a killer, and killer's asking him, like, how many of those straw dolls do you have left? And Hawkins playing coy is like, oh, nah, I don't really have that many left. Honestly. I'm really starting to sweat here, right? And killer attacks Hawkins. And after Hawkins gets attacked, we see the straw doll get sliced up. And then Hawkins says something that only Hawkins could say. The real question is, Whose lives are they? And then we cut back to Law, Kid versus Big Mom, and we see Killer, what looks like Killer's sonic scythe going through Kid's chest. You know what I'm saying? It actually looks like a really gruesome attack. So Killer, if he wants to kill Hawkins, would have to kill Kid first because Killer didn't know until Hawkins told him that Hawkins attached one of his voodoo dolls. Kid. I don't know what's going to happen with that, and I kind of don't care. And the only reason I kind of don't care is because of what we got next. Ladies and gentlemen, what we started on page 10 and 11 was absolute classic One Piece at its best. So we get <laughs> Performance Floor Skull Dome. This amazing drawing of Queen and King just laying waste to whoever's on the live floor. We get a father screaming out, Where's Marco? Somebody needs to help us out. And we see that Marco's like down with a black eye. Then we see the boss himself, Sanji. Sanji, and they're asking him if he's all right. And they're saying that King and Queen are looking for Zoro. And then Sanji says, yo, taking two of them on at the same time is kind of tough, which goes to show you that the guy was taking on King and Queen for whatever amount of time, solo on his own, doesn't even like he got anything more than a scratch. Shout out to the GOAT, man. Black Lady. Yeah. 
And Sanji says to Chopper Muegi, like, yo, if Zoro still can't move, just get him out of here because apparently the whole place is on fire. King is pretty gruesome. And then we cut to the very next thing I see is Sanji kicking Queen dead in the hybrid face, son. Pow! Not a name attack even, but it looked like he caused Queen enough damage to move him. I don't know if he heard him, but he definitely moved him. And as they're cheering Sanji on, we see King give an order to go take out Zoro. And then we cut the Peril Sparrow, who I didn't know had a little bit of Usopp in his blood because he's about to snipe Sanji with a con candy arrow. But before he can get the chance, he gets bum-rushed by Nekomamushi, who says, let's step outside, and this is for Pedro. Now, I, I, I don't know how to feel with Peril Sparrow at this point, because I know Peril Sparrow didn't kill Pedro, I know Pedro killed Pedro, and I know somebody's going to have to explain it to them that Pedro killed Pedro. I don't think him and Nekomamushi are going to end up getting a clear victor or loser in that fight. I think the conversation is going to be something that we all need to focus on, because it might shed some perspective on just some things in general, so... For the benefits of your thought process, let's all keep in mind that Nekomamushi and Perospero are going to fight and it's going to be worth it for all of us. So Perospero gets knocked out the way and the people who are running with Zoro with Toe get headed off by Queen. And Chopper, who's still talking like an 80-year-old man or like me, says, leave us a young whippersnapper or something to that effect. And then Marco jumps in. Uses the move that he used. It's like a mirror. It's called Undying Thistle. And he uses that to keep Zoro from getting murked. And Marco drops some deep information on us. And he says that while he's talking to King, he says, I've heard tales from long ago about a race of people atop the Red Wall who could burst into flames. And here we have King the Wildfire. And then Queen jumps out and says, yo... The white bit pirates are supposed to be dead already. And Marco's like, oh no. It's alright, I give up. I'm satisfied. That's it for me today. And then the next thing we see is Marco adjusting his glasses. And he says, it's time for the stars to take the stage. And then you see Three Sword Style. Diamble. Purgatory. Onigiri. Mouton shot. Zoro, Sanji, tag team match versus King and Queen. Let's go. Let's go. And they say something at the end, like for everyone that gave me chills. And if I was smoking marijuana, I'd probably cry about it. Zoro says Sanji hates Whirly. Once we conquer this battle, and I don't think conquer was um, placed there for no reason. Once we conquer this battle, yeah, we're going to catch a glimpse of Luffy as the king of the pirates. Excellent chapter. 10 out of 10 for me. Now let's go into my prediction and something that I think is a little bit scary. So remember how I've been saying for a while now that, you know, this might be a parallel of a lot of arcs in one. I'm kind of thinking this might be a parallel to Thriller Barking a little bit. And if that's the case, that means we're going to get Kuma showing up. And when I say Kuma, I mean whatever this SSG is. And if we get that, that means we probably get Vegapunk. If we get Vegapunk, that means we get Sensomaru. If we get Sensomaru, that may or may not mean we get Kizaru. And after this battle, because I do think the Straw Hats and everyone are going to win. I think they're going to win. 
the Battle of Oginashima, which seems to be wrapping up now. But whoever said that Act 4 and 5 of Wano had to have anything to do with Kaido as the villain? Because Act 3 is still going on. I wonder what's going to happen. And also, because people are talking about everything being inverted, I wonder about that nothing happened moment. Because, folks, if you know, Zoro's on borrowed time right now. He's on very, very, very borrowed time. And he was already shattered before he started his fight with King. And he's going to get shattered during his fight with King. Then he's going to get double the damage that he already had before he started fighting King after fighting Big Mom and Kaido. On top of whatever he gets from King. Zoro's going to be impossible. Invalid. He's going to be an invalid. A sitting duck. And Sanji is going to be there. And I don't know what's going to happen, but... Yeah. Who am I kidding? Probably nothing to happen. Hey, this is an ad. Don't fast forward. Be over in a second. Are you obsessed with a sports team, a band, or even collecting Chia pets? Then listen to my new podcast, Rep Your Squad, on Paper House Network, where I dive into what drives people crazy. So if you're a 40-year-old man with a stand collection, or a middle-aged woman who loves the Spice Girls, that's cool. We don't judge here on Rep Your Squad with me, Chris Scopo. See? It's over.